0: Hello and welcome to This is Cannabis from X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. I'm your host, Lee Henderson, and with me in the studio today is my co-host, Emma Chasen, the founder of Eminent Consulting.
1: Hello. Hi. It's good to be here with you. What's going on? Um, I just got back from the East Coast late last night. It was fun. Saw some family. Saw some family. It was a personal trip yep. for me. Uh, got to see my brother graduate from Lehigh University. It's fantastic. Which was wonderful. Super smart. Getting two degrees in engineering. As like, you do. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. What kind of engineering... Um, so he is structural chemical he's in an interdisciplinary program where he does a lot of product and fashion design as well as uh, cool. development manufacturing um, and uh, also has a degree I think it's in structural engineering Kay. so those are his two degrees one yeah. of them is uh, in engineering the other one is in this like product fashion design and development yeah,
0: the clothes got to they got to hold up
1: exactly yeah. structurally fashion see what i
0: did there <laughs> <laughs> jokes uh yeah, we're gonna keep it loose today here folks um i'm doing well good i'm doing well i'm trying to think we had a um it was a pretty good weekend we um i went and saw neil young last weekend it's so
1: at the, awesome at the keller
0: auditorium played by himself mm. it was uh pretty outstanding i will say uh and then the next day uh you and i went to the cultivation classic
1: we did which
0: was i thought pretty excellent of course yeah, yeah. saw a lot of great friends, a lot of great people.
1: Mm -hmm. It's always Um, good to like get back into the world my business partner and I talk about this a lot where so many of us in the industry just work remotely we don't have a shared office there's yep. not like a team that you're around and it can feel a bit kind of isolating yep. um, it's Very kind compartmentalized. of like a, exactly hermit shell where you're like oh god are these problems that I'm having universal or are they just specific to me and so it's always good to come together as a community get to see people who like I truly love and never get to see because we're all super busy yep. working on our own stuff hustling um, and get to just talk about our lives shared problems yeah. uh, the speakers this year were great yeah. so yeah, yeah it was a good time it
0: was a great it was a great event uh, congratulations to the cultivation classic crew mm-hmm. by the way um, such hard work uh, please send your checks to this is Um <laughs> uh, <of> <laughs> uh, so 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 speaking of the cultivation classic so uh, today's episode is going to be a look back at our this is our season 1 finale.
1: Yeah, we don't have a guest.
0: We don't have Today a guest. Today
1: it's just the family, Just baby. you and me.
0: And more I think more importantly, it's um like we're going to take a break after this. Yeah. Um, it's our
1: final episode of the season. Yeah, this season will be finale.
0: Episode number 35.
1: Which you like? It's a nice, um, good, it's a nice even round number. number. It was a, <laughs> it was
0: happenstance that that turned out to be that when mm-hmm. we kind of thought about how we were going to close out, you know, because you're going to be doing a lot of tra- doing a lot of traveling this summer and into the fall possibly.
1: Yeah, so not going to do that much traveling this summer, but I have a lot of work right. to do this summer as Missouri's regulatory program gears up uh, for acceptance of applications. Mm-hmm. So I have some client groups that I'm working with on that and that. It's intense. It's, it's, intense. it's, intense. it's intense. And it's August 3rd is when the application portal. So we want to have everything ready by mid to end of July. And so it's just going to be a lot of, speaking of hermit, being in my kind of hermit zone, just doing a lot of business writing, yeah. Yeah. Um, which will be good and fun. And so I'll be grounded in Portland uh, for the summer, which I also enjoy getting to spend time in Portland sure. sunshine-ness. Uh, but then fall definitely maybe doing some be, more traveling yeah
0: exactly so um and i am going to be you know continuing to spend uh i'm sort of on a break from things mm-hmm. you know what i mean um I, you know interestingly we haven't really discussed this on the air but i uh, have I, you know i left my company hi-fi farms right. a couple months back um it's not something i really talked about publicly uh because it just, I felt like I didn't want it to kind of get in the way of this show, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, And for other reasons, I guess too. Um, But yeah, so like I am sort of on somewhat of a professional sabbatical, spending a lot of time uh, catching up with my children, Mm -hmm. whom I didn't see for about four and a half years. Yeah. uh, And my wife... Who I also didn't see for about four and a half years, uh, and doing that, and then just like, and then, um, and I'm also just like doing some personal stuff, Good. you know what I mean? I'm just sort of like recalibrating in a lot of ways, unpacking sort of my experience having been a, you know, a, 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 the a, having been like a business owner, and and uh, and then what that all that I learned and grew from, and you know, and did poorly, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's what I'll be doing this summer. Plus a lot of, I'll be doing some traveling too, certainly, but, and then just, but also I'm going to be, I've really been enjoying. Um, I feel like I joke that I'm sort of like in my like John Lennon house husband years right now, (laughs) you know, and I'm spending a lot of time with my kids and like doing, you know, like taking care of my kids and, and taking care of the house and stuff. And I've actually been really enjoying that.
1: Good. I mean, to have the privilege and opportunity to take that space and time to, process and really think about the last four and a half years, which mm-hmm. I mean, pretty intense, pretty intense and working yep. in the cannabis industry feels more like 20 to 30 years I of yeah. just I've like, I've definitely aged Yes, I yes. I've
0: shaved my head bald now. I have no hair. <laughs>
1: that's
0: not a joke, folks. But that's
1: it's what yeah. it's what happens. And yeah. so to have that privilege to be able to actually take a step back and be like, "Ooh, what do I want? Right. Let me think about that before just jumping into the next opportunity or the next thing that comes by," yeah. uh, is so important. So congratulations. Yeah, when, I, when I left hi-fi
0: I immediately started doing some consulting for a group, uh, and after a few weeks, we. Um, I came to a stopping point, and and then we were sort of like figuring out whether that was going to continue or what. If mm-hmm. I was gonna maybe even join up with this group, and and I just pulled back and I said I I can't do this. You yeah. know I nothing nothing personal. Like they understood, but I was like I really need a break. Yeah, I, I can't. You know it was felt very much like getting divorced, and then I don't know what like getting into an uh, you know I don't know you know right. getting on Tinder. And then moving in with the first person that you swiped. Which one? Which way do you swipe? I'm not on Tinder. Swipe
1: right for good. That. Yeah. For good. Uh,
0: <laughs> mate. Good. Um, so. Uh, so that's my story. So, but like back, like I was saying, back to the cultivation classic. Um, you know, one of the things why I'm such a big supporter of the cultivation classic, and um, is that you know to me it's sort of like. The best of the best of the industry to mm-hmm. me, the best of the best of what the cannabis industry is and can be mm-hmm. right uh, in a way that um, other cannabis events, are, you know, not to disparage them. But there are some of them are, are not my or our cup of tea. And, uh, you know, and they're they're more I would say that they're more celebratory, which uh, celebration based and, and maybe even intoxication based, mm-hmm. uh, which the. Um, Cultivation Classic to me is also, you know, is of course a celebration, but it's very much about um still about sort of uh education, I would say sophistication, I would say um, you know, sort of like trying to I I think that the um the organizers of that event really put do do a very are very keen on Uh, Putting their putting a best foot forward as far as like industry best practices and bringing in, you know, speakers from all over the country and thought leaders and et cetera, you know, uh, to to really try to present an intellectual case in many ways Mm -hmm. for uh, legalized cannabis. And if I may, I believe that's also what we have tried to do.
1: I would agree with you. Yeah. I mean, it's about the evolution. Where do we want to take this thing Mm -hmm. that we're building? What is this thing? What is this thing? Where do we want to take it? How do we want to build it? It's never been done before. And Oregon has such a unique opportunity in the craft paradigm, which I believe, and you believe in the event producers of the cultivation classic, believe that the craft organic model is the way to take this. That's why the cultivation classic is a competition for organically grown cannabis organic with air quotes, because it can't actually be classified as such, but that, is not being done anywhere else. And so when you compare it to other cups, that's a major differentiating factor to me and really speaks to, okay, that is something that we know that we like about what we do here in Oregon. How can we push it even farther? How can we make it more sustainable? How can we incorporate more science? How can we ultimately get the highest quality medicine to the people who need it most, right. and and how can we help them understand how to best integrate it into their lifestyle? And telling those stories of the Oregon craft cannabis community is something that I've loved about doing this show.
0: You know, like we said, this is the season one uh, finale, and so somewhat of a look back. Hmm. We're going to talk about some episodes, some of our favorite episodes. Yes. We have some earmarked, um, but I thought it would be fun to go back to the very beginning, and sort of you know, let's, let's reminisce a little bit. Let's like, you know, I came to you and said, I want to do a radio show. Mm -hmm. You know, we sat at the cultivation classic. In fact, God, you know, um, last year, uh, together and in, you know, and we sort of watched the keynote speech and I've talked about this before and we sort of, you know, they were discussing sort of some of the, the large, you know, some of the larger issues regarding, um, you know, uh, challenges that the market was was seeing at the time, which it's still seeing, by the way, but, mm-hmm. you know, regarding what economic imperatives are in, informing decision-making from cultivators, how that affects sort of, you know, um, diversity in the production community uh, as far as, like, chemo... chemo- uh, what am I trying to say chemovars mm-hmm. uh, and and then also what that's doing to retail how that's affecting consumers etc cetera, etc cetera. and 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 the the reason I uh, you know I believed we believed was that there was just this vacuum of knowledge this vacuum of information about um, you know as we say what defines quality cannabis mm-hmm. right so um, I had this idea to do a radio show and podcast about that and um, I can't I sent you an email or maybe I texted you or something and said would you want to partner with me on this Mm -hmm. because you're the my friend and you're the perfect per- you're, you're obviously the perfect person to do a show like this with thanks and um, you said no at, at, at first and you said, <laughs> of course not and <laughs> hell no uh, you lies know, and then I had to uh, I eventually I think I remember having to stand outside your bedroom window with a uh, boombox blasting uh-huh. Peter Gabriel's in your eyes
1: yeah you you threw pebbles at my window I was
0: outside the I was outside your uh, your your house with the boombox playing Motrix uh, impossible okay you were like, like this
1: is our theme song baby <laughs> this is us yes yeah. Uh,
0: yeah exactly and so no we we just we, we, we jumped to sort of jumped to the opportunity and um, set it up through um, my friends the good folks here at x-ray FM mm-hmm. so the first couple of episodes were really us I think re- leaning really hard into uh, wanting to inf- bring this inform the audience uh, about these things we thought they should know yes right yes and and um, and i feel you know in a very in a in an incredibly like um uh straightforward like this is the content of the show kind of way mm-hmm. um which i thought was great but i think it was also to me somewhat green you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Um, pardon the pun, sorry and <laughs> uh you know sort of like you know and that's in a you know it's uh in almost sort of in a didactic you know um uh lecture hall uh type way which i'm not not proud of, you know, uh, we were learning how to do this sort of in real time, of but course. but, you know, so It seems to me that we um, Over time as the show developed what what really um, I think was our strong what, what we've done here So far what we did here in season one, and let's just say it, like this is like the final chapter of season You know of, of this first season. I really feel like where we succeeded was um, Like you said sort of, uh, you know, a bit of storytelling. And and the way I think of it is like, I feel like we were pretty successful at presenting, um, putting an intellectual framework around so much of the activity here in the Oregon industry. We're very lucky uh, that we had, we we're friends with, or at least connected to, so many of these incredible minds yes. and actors yes, in this space and you know every and it's like you said everybody's so busy, um, you know, and some people aren't good storytellers, especially about themselves and mm-hmm. what they're doing, mm-hmm. right? So I it you know as the show developed and after we kind of got through that first five or so episodes of of figuring out like just how to do a show at all, yeah, it really became we should bring these people in we should we should talk to these folks and, and like you know and and we both had enough a cursory enough. Uh, amount of information on what they were doing enough to be curious about it and enough to ask informed questions and and tell the story to you know to me of and again I'm not saying we hit all the important issues I'm not saying we spoke to all the important people I know um, there's a you know we were we're, we were sort of I wouldn't say hamstrung but you know we were um, it was easier to book somebody whose phone number we could just text them and say hey are you free on you know of
1: course and I mean you're always going to leave people out you're always going to uh, give a certain tailored uh, construction of of who you know who's in your circle who who we knew had good stories to tell right right? that doesn't mean that they're all of the stories but I think that one of the most important things about my personal professional mission in this space that um, that really helped to inform the show was low barrier to to entry. For just education, information. I mean, so many people in the cannabis industry are now monetizing information, monetizing um, data and IP. workshops and IP. Exactly, and I do that too. I sure. mean, people need to make a living, but also I I need to then supplement with. Podcasts and videos that are free that right. allow people to have access to this education, because the last thing that I want to do is make education classist where only right. the elite have access to these people who exist in the elite kind of cannabis vanguard using your language right. that you gave to me and. Um, And and so that was the most important thing, bringing these like giant pillars of the industry that that we know go around the country and speak into this studio with us to tell their story so that listeners across the world can have access to that type of information where they don't need to pay hundreds of dollars for a conference ticket to see them go speak. They don't need to pay money to get access to a webinar or a lecture or whatever it may be. Um, Mass education education for the masses that is what it's about
0: and you know i want to stop right there and say like a a real real thank you to x-ray fm for giving us this opportunity giving us this space letting us use this studio giving us airtime to bring you know to to invite these people in try to you know really um you know take what they're doing some of some of uh some of which is really high level nuanced difficult stuff mm-hmm. try to bring it down to the street level and then put it out yeah you know? I mean like we wouldn't we wouldn't be anywhere without the our x-ray fm oh my god so, so
1: grateful just wanted for to say x-ray. that right
0: but yeah so I mean so like, like you know so to get back on track I was um you know so so I really do feel like the show kind of became um taking a look at the industry we had a lot of editorial I mean we have complete freedom here so we had the editorial sort of um you know, uh, freedom to 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 choose what stories we thought were important to tell, mm-hmm. and then invite the people whose stories we were, you know, whose stories we were interested in, in mm-hmm. to tell those stories. Mm-hmm. And like I said, provide sort of like in, uh, like a like a like an intellectual frame around so many uh, so so much of the activity going on in this industry, which again, like is this completely sui generis, you know, first of its kind thing. And, um, and so much of it is like abstract, esoteric, you know, uh, I mean, certainly, you know, certainly nuanced. Some of it certainly very, very difficult when you speak to a person like, um, you know, Sheena Vanderplug, A. D. Ray, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of some more of the the doctors that we've had Mm -hmm. on. but yeah and 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 I will say like I feel like we've been we've done a decent job. I feel like our batting average is like above 500.
1: Good for us. Which is good if you don't know baseball. <laughs> I don't uh, which I don't really either but sports. I know that. Yeah yeah. It,
0: uh, you good know like sports. our I feel like our I feel like our batting average is like pretty decent, you know. We've mm-hmm. definitely had some clunker episodes all of which is my fault i wasn't there for any of them yeah just kidding yeah. emma's Not never really. been on a bad episode Ah, <laughs> uh, and i have been on all of them <laughs> all of them as the narrator, i am nothing without it's you just, uh, no as far as this show goes i've never i've i can't remember in my and i'm i mean i'm a pretty harsh self-critic but like Every sh- every show that I've really been unhappy with after the fact, after it's like edited and, and packaged up, and there's been a few, um, certainly has always been because you weren't here. And I either didn't have whatever juice you give me to like do my thing or the interplay that you and I have, or you then, or especially your participation with the guest. Well, thank so, you. you know.
1: I will say that it has been so nice. To be able to not do any of the prep work for this show. So I'm just gonna tell that to the listeners. That Lee does everything I just get to show up and talk to the guests and sometimes if I'm learning so much I don't like to speak I really only like to speak when I feel like I have something important to say otherwise I'd rather be quiet and soak up all of the information and so to have that freedom where you just get to lead the conversation and I just get to sit there and soak up all of this amazing information is a pleasure and it's because you have done all of the legwork so it's uh
0: it's something that we you and I talked about early on because I was I was concerned about uh, sometimes when I felt like I would dominate an episode and I, you know, I was very conscious of, um, you know, if someone were to sort of do a, an audio playback and do a percentage of, uh, of like. White
1: man speaking. Yeah. <laughs> yep, Yeah.
0: And, and I was super, I'm very conscious of, of that, you know, of stuff like that. And, and um, you thank you for eventually you were like, stop, don't worry about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I just a little bit of ass covering it. here for me, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, uh, I've really enjoyed, you know, I mean, we're coming. This will be episode thirty five. We did. I think we did. We took a long break. We took about a month off mm-hmm. a couple months ago mm-hmm. now, I guess. But um, but we did we did something on the order of 30 shows in like thirty two weeks or something yeah. crazy. Yeah, which we've was been like pretty doing intense. this
1: for a year. Yeah. A lot happens in a year. A lot happened for me. A lot happened for you um, personally, professionally, yeah. like there was a lot of flux happening and so it's been cool to have the show as like the constant in a sea of ever-changing variables
0: last thing i want to say before we take a break and um is you know continuing on with sort of my little spiel here uh which is you know i feel you know like i said we're very thankful to x-ray to have allowed us to do the show this first season of the show and doing you know presenting really thinking about um, you know all the various actors in this industry and the interesting things that they're doing um, and not only being able to present this to uh, our our Oregon listeners um, which was obvi- which are obviously on the radio are that's our audience but then um, you know that so to, so to inform the Oregon market let's say uh, as to what's going on um, currently but the other thing that I think is cool about this show if I may is that, Uh, you know, the people who listen to the show on the podcast, who are behind us as far as the the recreational movement goes, can either, you know, can either see these some of these stories, these best practices stories, and some of this really high level science and this really, you know, or you know, like a like take a figure whom we'll talk about in the second segment, like Jesse Long from Green Source Gardens, who really, you know, can talk about outdoor cultivation in a way that was like complete so interesting and elucidating and, uh, you know, informed and and, and passionate, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and so if this, you know, like, so being able to sort of have people in different markets who are interested, you know, either they're developing legal cannabis markets or, or um, you know, they'd like to, um, sort of having this, I'm not gonna at all say that like we're an influence, because we're not all we're doing is telling the stories you know mm-hmm. it's these people it's our guests and the it's the that you know and the p- things that these pe- these people are doing that's the influence but right. being able to share that with you know in a way that may not have happened i uh um may not have happened uh what's the word i'm trying to say
1: otherwise otherwise <laughs> thank you see i'm nothing
0: without you uh you know is is cool, you know, like, and that's um that was really that's been really gratifying. Yes, uh, I think for accessible me and for us.
1: education and yeah. helping to advance the evolution of this industry.
0: So, okay, so we're gonna take a break, and um when we come back, we're gonna go through uh, some of our favorite episodes, uh and then a last recommendation for the season. And uh, and also, fun fact, and uh, we're going to ourselves define quality cannabis. Ooh! I'm gonna put you in the hot seat. Juicy. Yeah, uh, so stick around for that. Let's take a break. You are listening to This Is Cannabis on X Ray.
1: This is Cannabis is brought to you by the Craft Cannabis Alliance. The Craft Cannabis Alliance is a network of values driven, Oregon owned companies committed to defining, supporting, and celebrating authentic craft cannabis and building an industry dedicated to people, place, planet, and plant. The Alliance is leading the fight for interstate commerce in legal cannabis through the One Fix campaign. Export is the centerpiece of a successful Oregon industry that will support hundreds of farms and dozens of companies, providing world-class artisan products to legal markets and cannabis lovers everywhere.
0: All right, and we are back. If you were just joining us, you were listening to This Is Cannabis on X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. My name is Lee Henderson, and with me in the studio is my co-host, Emma Chasen. Hi. And my guest, our guest today is
1: us. This rose between Our that guest today is between the us. producer, Will, brought he, in from his garden. It's so sweet you, and Our listeners good. can't hear
0: it. Uh, the po- I don't know if you know this, but um, radio and podcasts are a auditory medium. And so talking you about know, things I that we're looking at. You know, I did know that. Okay, but so thank you for mansplaining
1: two. that to me. I think that I needed that. So okay. thank you. You're welcome.
0: You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Oh. Yeah. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good, it turns out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yikes. Okay, so, um, so right. So uh, as we um, were just saying before the break, you know, talking about um, – I think what I think were the strengths of this show. Yes. And, and, um, in God, listen, man, we were, I'm, I'm keen, believe me, no one's more aware of this show's weaknesses than me. <laughs> it's, uh,
1: he, it keeps him up. Yeah.
0: It's, night. uh, you know, sort of like overall. And then, of course, week to week, you know, like I know when things are going well or not. But, you know, I feel, like I said, I feel, I still, I feel lar- largely very positive about what we've done here so far. Yeah.
1: And we've picked out actually some awesome episodes that are some of our, Favorites yes, Of the so, season,
0: would you like to go through those now? I would love to okay. Let's do that yay uh, All right, so we're gonna do this in order because I just feel like that's how life works um, <laughs> Time makes the most sense. So um, the first episode that we're the is epi- the first episode where I really feel like we um, Hit
1: our stride where we
0: hit our stride and really figured sort of really figuring out what we were doing and how we how to do it was episode seven uh, which is Amy Margolis. Amy Margolis. Who is
1: is a. Our guest. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. So Amy Margolis, for those who um maybe didn't listen to the show early on or don't know the name, is a, is a cannabis is an attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh cannabis activist. Yep. Powerhouse and, of and a I, woman. And I would say at this point like um like a Svengali. You know? <laughs> uh-huh. Seriously. Yeah. Uh you know, here in the Oregon space, but also nationally. You know yes. what I mean? Like what she's doing with her um, you know, through her i don't know through her group i guess it's not a nonprofit. i guess it's like a i don't know if it's a business i don't know how to necessarily qualify the I, it is but, it is a business it's yeah. an
1: accelerator program it, yeah it's for it's, female founded businesses right
0: and they just had their first crop of um uh, uh graduates i guess
1: yeah their first cohort yeah graduated and, it, and went through the pitching process mm-hmm.
0: and they went through the whole thing and i'm and i've seen them, some of the business owners i'm i'm friendly with and, mm-hmm. and one or two are actually good friends of mine and um, they just, just really told me like what a what a crazy experience it was. Yeah, you know, so much hard people, work. Yeah, really really intense I mean, this is like You know, this is sort of like a quasi MBA program mm-hmm. or something, you know what I mean? So um, And uh, so we and this was so when we interviewed Amy at the time uh, this was back in August of uh, 2018 and you know, she was she was just developing this initiative program and and we spoke with her about that Yep. Um, but we also spoke with Amy. You know what I thought. So that was very interesting. But also, like, moreover, the sort of thematic, uh, you know, uh, overlay to me of that episode was, uh, talking about the the truth of women in cannabis.
1: You yeah, know? the gender equity issue, um, and how the media portrays. A rather false, yeah, uh, a rather narrative. flowery. Exactly. Yeah. Around uh, how women, for the first time in history, this industry is allowing equity for women and it's really 50 50 split down the middle and it's amazing and yada yada. And if that were true, it would be amazing, yes. but that's not true. That's skewed data because it it doesn't show the amount of women in executive positions as compared to men. Yes, there are a lot of women who work in this who industry. Work, who
0: yeah, have W-2s that say cannabis exactly. on Exactly. How many of them are C-suite?
1: How many of them are making decisions yeah. at the top? Uh, very few, yeah. in fact. Close to the abysmally low national average, which falls somewhere between like 22 and 27%, I believe. Um,
0: I'm surprised it's that high.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's to say. it's it's disturbing. And so really looking at how problematic that narrative um, through the media is when it comes to kind of gaslighting women into being yeah. like, OK, well, there's equity here. So I don't have to fight for anything, even though I can't find any upward mobility in my company right. or I or financing or financing. Right. And that's what's so amazing about the way that she is approaching this problem is through her Initiative Accelerator program, because her kind of core thesis here is that, well, men control money and men like to fund other men, even though if you look again at the data, female-led businesses are often more successful than men-led businesses, but they do not get even a small percentage of the funding that goes to uh, male-founded startups. And so that's- what Amy's trying to do with her accelerator program is putting these women through this kind of boot camp to then go and pitch and hopefully get investment money to take over the world. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah, so that was, I felt like that was our first, like truly maybe great episode, Mm -hmm. you know, um, dispelling, you know, dispelling the myths about the wish fulfillment in the press, uh, of, of like, you know, gender equity in the cannabis space, I think was an important sort of, um, you know balloon to let some of that some of the air out. Yes, absolutely. Um our our next episode that I'd like to discuss is uh was the episode following that episode, episode 8, which concerned cannabis and seniors mm. with Peggy Anderson.
1: I love Peggy. What a sweet lady.
0: Yeah, and um, this was the first one where we had a guest on that I didn't I did not I was I like I knew Peggy's face. Mhm. But I didn't know Peggy. Mm-hmm. Did you know Peggy? From, I had you know, met her once
1: before. Yeah. Um, she was trying to gauge my interest in helping her out with of Help You and going around to nursing homes. Mm-hmm. And uh, very much expressed interest in, uh, in my small capacity that I was able to help offered that. But... Um, Nothing ever really came to fruition in terms of working on a project together. No, so it Because what she
0: does is really hard. What she and does frustrating. is so
1: hard. And she has talked about barriers. So what to, does she do? She helps to educate seniors around cannabis. A
0: group which could not benefit from cannabis, I would say, across the board more greatly.
1: Exactly. I mean, this is a population that is on a ton of pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. And also a population that is Ravaged by anxiety around dying, that often has depression issues, especially the Chronic community pain. that's in nursing homes, yeah. um, where they just don't have a good quality of life. Mm-hmm. And cannabis can help to not only supplement some of those pharmaceuticals, so maybe right. even cause a dose reduction in right. some of those pharmaceuticals, but also greatly improve quality of life yeah. and
0: ameliorate just uh, other issues that that pharmaceuticals can't
1: exactly uh, help with sleep chronic pain without being doped up on opioids and totally out of it um and that's one of my favorite highlights of this episode with Peggy is that I remember a story that she describes of a woman in a nursing home who just was kind of like a, a vegetable I mean she just was really depressed and she wasn't really sleeping and she just was kind of waiting to die and through incorporating cannabis um she like was getting up in the morning kind of and going to art again. and yeah. exactly engaging with her community and just really happy to uh to exist. The frustrating thing is that a lot of nursing homes uh, cannot even talk about cannabis, yeah. won't even touch cannabis, won't even allow CBD uh, to enter into the walls of that establishment, which is won't
0: allow Peggy to come in and, and even, and even talk like have about a Q&A. it.
1: Exactly. Which is really, really frustrating. Yeah.
0: So. Um, yeah. And, and I just want to, I want to thank Peggy for coming on. And I also want to thank Peggy. I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but Peggy actually, um, has, has since been, um, communicating with my mother uh, who, you know, lives in a prohibition state and, um, but, you know, has, you know, some, um, things that she has some issues in her life, medical issues in her life. I hope she doesn't mind me talking about this. On you know, um, but as you know, has has uh, befriended my mother and been somewhat of a of a therapeutic cannabis advisor to her. Mm. And so, um, yeah, just personally, you know, what a great what a great woman and Amazing. and what an important subject, you know, and one frankly that I feel like kind of isn't as sexy as some of the other topics that we've had, which was why it was important to me to have her on and have her on like early. She was yes. episode eight because Like, I really did want to have this show be, um, you know, uh, not just uh, sort of like popcorn, uh, you know, um, content, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, this was this is a this was I wanted the show to be a little to dig a little deeper than that, and yeah. I feel like that this may have been the first episode where we did that, agreed, you know. So, um, Cannabis and Seniors with Peggy Anderson of Can I Help You, a truly uh, wonderful organization, mm-hmm. okay? Moving on, Adam Smith.
1: Oh what a a brilliant friend of man. the show Adam Smith, yeah, um
0: Episode eleven he, of
1: episode eleven with his one fix campaign mm-hmm. through the Craft Cannabis Alliance, looking to advance legislation that would allow for interstate transfer right. of cannabis, which
0: is pretty much a done deal now. Which is point.
1: amazing! It yeah. passed the Senate. It passed the um, Senate.
0: That was the major hurdle. So this yep. th- that episode was uh, debuted on uh, September twenty seventh of twenty eighteen. It is now um, late May of twenty nineteen, and that bill is. Unless something less like something crazy happens. That bill is headed to the governor's desk for signature.
1: Yeah. Which is um, I mean
0: Congratulations we, to Adam. Ah, oh,
1: what like an eye of the tiger. Like yeah. ooh, moment, rally. Um because the way that he describes the story is this idea of um, Oregon's cannabis market is crashing, failing horribly that there are small farmers who have been doing this for the last century through black market that are now going out of business, people um who are committing suicide because they just are losing They've everything. They've lost everything. Yeah. Exactly. I mean it's it's awful. Talk about like a really major problem yeah. in Oregon and um his solution to it is not limiting licenses. It's not limiting kind of free market capitalism there, or increasing barrier to entry to join the industry. His solution is looking at well, Oregon and Northern California has largely supplied the rest of the country, right. and so you legalized and a traditionally export industry with yeah, the butt basket, right? That's Ex- a little uh, oh, I like that's a little that little
0: uh, pun I, m- I remember making from the, one of the episodes. When yeah, we had him on
1: no, that was good. Um, but legalizing and a an, Export industry and then confining it to the walls of only 4 million people Mm -hmm. in Oregon. Um, I think only like 14% of which actually consume any regular. And that is deadly. I mean, it has been deadly. I think just now we're starting to creep out, but I mean, there's been a lot of fallout and a lot of shakeout. Uh, A lot of companies and people have suffered and gone out of business. And so, what Adam is trying to do is open up those walls, allow us to send product to Nevada where you, you don't even have to go through another state
0: right. that's
1: illegal you do it from one state to another that have
0: but both have recreational
1: laws exactly yeah. exactly um and when he started this he he describes people being like oh my god are you crazy like interstate right Export transfer, no way, no way. But then when you start going through, actually, why you get that initial response of like, oh hell no? You're like, well, well actually, it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's, yeah, and, and it's, it's
0: to me the to me the the fundamental takeaway from from Adam's work and you know and what we've done to highlight it is just sort of that you know all the programming about cannabis uh, that has been you know this done since the 1970s and the, really the you know the the war on drugs or even certainly before but you know um, has can can be undone like that's you yes. know it's not the it's not it's 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 so you know like who thought that legal cannabis at all was going right. to be a, was a possibility i mean right. that sounded like an that was that was to me an insane notion you know Eight years ago right and it's been or you know like I guess before Colorado when it, I guess it's been about it's eight years Colorado did mm-hmm. it or whatever but you know um, and so the yeah I mean so through you know through um, heart certainly like diligence hard work uh, some political you know intelligence and and just sort of like um, you know, kind of an activist mindset and, you know, a warrior's heart and Pioneer. also like up and like a just like a bit of belief that this that things are possible.
1: Right. And that it, it will happen. But how long will it take? Will we arrive at interstate export or the ability to export? when already we have all of our small farmers are lost and we only have five big companies that own everything in Oregon and right. we've decimated the Oregon craft industry. And so that's where Adam is really leading the charge of like, no, no, we cannot wait eight years. We yep. cannot wait until the federal until, government. We cannot wait till Donald Trump's out of office. Exactly, yep. exactly. We need to do this now. And the first step to that is um, having the governor be like, The governor of Oregon saying, yes, we could. We could. Theoretically. Then the next step is a is a larger national campaign where the federal government then has to say, like, you know what? We'll kind of turn a blind eye. We're not going to prosecute you. We've been turning a blind eye. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Like low these whole this whole time.
1: Exactly. Um, But what an amazing like pioneer to go out and and be the one who actually leads the charge. Yeah. And he's
0: been on a few times. But the first time he came on, I thought was a really was a you know, that was that was the one we took we chose to highlight yes um so moving on and speaking of the war on drugs uh our next episode episode 12 uh was one that was titled the war on drugs is a war on people mm-hmm. um that's what i'm actually uh, you know relatively um i'm sp- specifically proud of i did a lot of uh a lot of thinking and reading and prepping for that episode because i really wanted to you know sort of say my piece on it you know and and uh in the in the introduction um, and so that that episode uh, we had, was that we had a couple of state senators. Yes one of whom in the studio which mm-hmm. was amazing Senator Lou Frederick who um, has has really been uh, and then Senator James Manning was called in from phone he uh, by phone he lives in Eugene um, but you know there they were working on I believe in you know is now passed or will pass uh, criminal expungement legislation making it automatic and yep. and really trying to undo um some of the most egregious um you know you can't you can't give people their lot. Li- you know their, the time of their lives back that they spend in jail but at least now that they've uh you know they're, they 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 should not be in jail any longer for you know certainly they should not be in jail any longer for something that's now legal right and they should have these things that now you know these things that are uh these criminal offenses that may be barriers to a lot of things that um, non-felons or non you know formerly incarcerated people Um, sort of take for granted, you know, wiping those off of their records so that they can sort of, you know, have the same rights as everybody else. and wiping
1: them off immediately, not having them need to, like, come in and sit down with somebody and go through that process, making it immediate. Um, It's a huge problem in cannabis, and it's something that, I mean, as both of us, we're both— It's the least we can do. We're very white, and so to have this conversation around uh, the disproportionate, like, Complete uh, destruction of minority communities yeah. due to the war on drugs. Actually, a really calculated yeah, okay. destruction. Yeah. I led
0: the I led the the episode with uh, a quote, a long quote from um, John Ehrlichman, who worked for Richard Nixon, who pretty much said, "Yeah, we started the war on drugs so that we could bang on hippies, you know, anti-war hippies and like the and the the, the Black Panthers." Yes, completely <laughs> you know?
1: destabilized yeah. their communities, the,
0: the the civil rights community,
1: exactly. And as white people who now get to participate and profit in this industry um, who I have never had any kind of drug charge or even experienced that in my family at all. I think it's such it's such an important conversation to highlight and provide a Forum for the people who are doing this very important work. The a forum for the people who have been actually affected by the war on drugs and just be able to give them an opportunity to tell their story yeah. and we'll um, talk about the work they're doing exactly.
0: And we did so that so the first half of that show was uh, like I said the two state senators that we had um, on and then we we pivoted we had a phone interview with um, a guy I know who lives in Los Angeles. His name is Adam Vine, and he has a really truly great organization called Cage Free Cannabis mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And they talked about the work that they do, um, again with a mission of you know um, uh, racial, you know I would say let's just say social social justice is you know regarding the the issues that the war on drugs have specifically war on drugs focused.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, all right, I want to keep this moving along here. We have a couple more to go to um, episode fourteen. Jim Belushi.
1: What a fun what a fun interview. I mean, also a fun moment for us to have a celebrity sure, in someone the studio. Who's someone
0: like. You know i'm for i was born in 1977 i grew up with on jim belushi's movies and you know Mm -hmm. like certainly like about last night the man with one red shoe uh i'm trying to think there are certainly a couple of others you know uh that like he just sort of like was a guy you know and then i was a major john belushi fan animal house and all those Mm -hmm. those movies and um and then he like so john so excuse me jim belushi owns a cannabis company here and he um Came in and we interviewed him for the hour. Yes, and talked all about and uh, talked all about his his operation. And so here's here's what I and I was saying this to you before we um, mm-hmm. or why I chose this episode to or to want to highlight is that I mean it was fun having a celebrity in, of course, sure, you know, this is fun. Um and, and you know but but the thing that to me the thing that was specifically cool about Belushi was that you know you see these celebrity endorsement deals you see. Um, uh, you know if any everyone from like I think probably let's say like you know Rihanna to I know Seth Rogen's coming out with something certainly yes. you have like the Bob Marley fiasco Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg, and Whoopi Goldberg. You have Willie Nelson um, you know and these people who are sort of like slapping their celebrity name on these um, on on these products white labeling them which I, I don't mean to sound negative or you know make that a pejorative but you know what Belushi has done instead which I think is the better way to go He bought a farm, Mm -hmm. he moved to that farm. I mean, he's got houses in different places, but like he's got a farm in Southern Oregon and he like staffed it up. And I mean, it's not like the guy went back to school and got a master's degree in soil science, but like he's there and he's like doing the work and he feels mission driven to be doing this. This isn't just like ancillary revenue stream for him. Right, right? yeah,
1: the property more so informed his decision to start a cannabis farm uh, is what I got from him is that like he loved Southern Oregon and that Roe yeah. Valley so much that he wanted to start cultivating really special medicine. And I also really appreciated his approach where he at the time of the interview was only doing press in Oregon. So he wasn't doing anything on the national stage. He wasn't doing anything outside of Oregon. He was really trying to cement himself in the Oregon community. And he still pay respect. Exactly. He still himself shows up to dispensaries for vendor days. Yeah. He's a
0: ground level dude.
1: Exactly. And does that. And I really appreciated that kind of groundedness from him that there is more substance behind just the having your your name and your face. Yeah, it's, on it's, it's it's
0: it's a really I think respectable way to leverage your celebrity. Yes. And um and also like and he, I know that he's relatively active in in various nonprofits around um you know different sort of ways that cannabis can be uh, useful you know mm-hmm. whether it's um you know opioid addicts or homeless vets or you know PTSD vets whatever it is um you know he cares and, and I and it came, really came through and and I believed I believe it yes, you know so me too anyway th- that's what I thought was particularly interesting about about the Belushi experience um, outside of and then I got to ask him about what it was like to open up for the Rolling Stones yeah which was like fun right on <laughs> um, okay episode 16 the Resource Innovation Institute right off the bat I want to say one of our more dry episodes
1: yes and that was our fault that was our completely fault. Yeah. that uh the the interview was just lackluster
0: yeah that may have been that may have been when one of those weeks where we could this was we would have done 15 in you know in a row this was episode 16 and um and of course we never could never put on our guest that it's a bad interview right the inner the, the, the responsibility of a good interview is on the interviewer yes indeed and and I take you know not saying it was I'm not saying we should I'm not saying listening audience that you shouldn't go back and listen to the podcast but you know know right off the bat that it was one of the ones that um uh i felt was we could have done better from from a entertainment standpoint
1: yes a lot of great information though and the work that derek smith is doing with the resource innovation institute is beyond phenomenal i mean what an incredible person who is really trying to advance sustainability in the cannabis industry um and And looking at opportunities to make all of these indoor facilities popping up actually be environmentally friendly it's so important
0: it to me so the reason I really wanted to so I mean I you know um, RII the resource innovation is to like you know Derek's a friend of mine I helped I sort of was there at the beginning of when he was trying to figure out if this was something that he should do and I like you know um, I helped I put him in touch with people like Jesse Horton and Jeremy Plum who like you know eventually joined his board of directors and really tried to you know, do it as much as I could in very small ways because I, you know, but to help that organiz- organization get off the ground because I felt it was so important. And this is why, like, you know, um, environmental sustainability, it, it, you know is important in every regard in every industry but especially in cannabis because of the respectability politics problem that it faces still um, you know the heavy regulation that comes under I feel like you know cannabis is going to be the first thing um, that will be uh, you know attacked by regulators or log makers if you know should there be another drought in California for instance should you know Uh, God willing, that carbon uh, law, you know, better carbon um, legislation comes out of the federal government. You know, I mean, I've always said, like, the dirty secret about cannabis production, if you're doing it, if you're not doing it outdoors, and probably even when you're doing it outdoors, unless you're green source gardens or something, is like, how... uh how intensive it is how much water it uses how much uh power it uses because Taxing
1: of on the environment uh, of
0: lighting and then air conditioning systems and dehumidification systems etc 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 so the mo the you know the more you can do to mitigate those issues um because of the very 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 you know real kind of threat and you know uh, of, uh, of climate change that we're facing um you know so like there's there's a there's a there's a, and then of course, you can. And then from a practical standpoint, like you save money if you go LED, you yep. save money if you do this and do this. I mean, so there's like an economic imperative, there's a philosophical imperative, and then also there's just sort of a realpolitik
1: mm-hmm. imperative like, mm-hmm.
0: hey, California growers, if you're growing in some massive, you know, uh, warehouse. Um, you know, you're, you're probably, you know, you could have, you could really run into issues down the road. Nevada, you you have
1: no water. You exist in a desert. Right. Like that, that's real.
0: Yeah. What are we doing about it? And so they, they started this really incredible, you know, national group to, to, you know, not only press these issues, but also offer solutions. Uh, due to their you know, because they they had backgrounds and various backgrounds in environmental sort of sustainability, etc mm-hmm. um, Anyway, so that's you know, I feel like what's so the rub to me is like This is a group that I feel super strongly about and a group that I feel like couldn't be doing more important work And it wasn't a great episode. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sorry guys, uh, but uh, there you have it. So, okay uh, episode 18 uh, our first uh, visit from Dr. A.D. Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, that episode was called "Cannabis's Role in Tackling the Opioid Crisis. Why don't you, can I tee up for you, who is Dr. A.D. Ray and why is she so amazing?
1: Dr. A.D. Ray is a wonderful uh, neuroscientist who has spent much of her career studying the uh, pharmacokinetics of cannabis and its role in our opioid system. Yes. So I said some... Uh, words in there, mm-hmm. but uh, really looking at how cannabis can potentially supplement opioids for the management of chronic pain and how cannabis can help opioid addicts actually come out of that addiction. Right. The
0: interplay between the cannabinoid endocannabinoid system and the opioid system.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: In, in someone's body.
1: Exactly. And I mean, this is a huge crisis in the United States Life right ex- now.
0: I've said it before. Life expectancy in this country is going down for the first time in since I think we World war one yep as a because result of opioids the opioid crisis yep
1: and and uh Dr. Edie Ray not only outlined her research here that does point to cannabis's potential as a supplement to opioids and actually the synergistic effects of cannabis and opioids together can deliver a much more therapeutic experience when we look at management of symptoms such as pain, um, rather than just... Maybe
0: stemming the the possible addiction. Exactly. uh,
1: Rather than just taking opioids in itself. But also, I think, one of the most important things for me when when doing this episode was hearing her speak about how doctors are not trained on talking about taking tolerance breaks from opioids. When they prescribe opioids to people, they don't say, hey, take like, a day every week to not take this dose. And that will help bring down um, your your tolerance to the yeah. substance. So you don't have to just continually increasing it. Also, how historically doctors have just prescribed them like candy, where it is the, the first thing that they go to um, and how that needs to change and actually bringing in cannabis and looking at it as a more medicinal plant, um, a lot of dynamic potential there. How the ways that we talk about cannabis from that public health perspective of you want to take a tolerance break, you want to start to microdose, you want to do a regimented dose increase can actually help inform how we approach opioids in people. Uh, I think that there's a lot of talk in the cannabis industry of like plants over pills, and yes, I'm a firm believer in botanical sure. medicine, but also I do not want to erase the people who do actually need those pills or have become addicted to those pills where it would be really dangerous for them to just voom, stop it yeah. um, and and having uh, intelligent conversations around how do we actually approach this population without stigmatizing them, without demonizing them um, through the the incorporation of cannabis is uh is the way in my opinion forward through this crisis Indeed. and out of it hopefully
0: yeah, yeah. um so dr ad ray we she'll she will be back before uh we finish this conversation because she's, she's fantastic. amazing she's fantastic um but moving on episode 20 the woke bros of east fork cultivars oh my god i love them they yeah. have
1: such good hair such great hair! Ugh, those guys. I'm a sucker. Yeah. For like good hair, yeah, Especially men have with some, good hair some and great hair. Yep. That's all we have to say about
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no East Fork, East Fork Cultivars is a Southern Oregon uh, CBD exclusive uh, sun grown farm. Uh, our sun-grown cannabis company in uh, here in Oregon, and uh, the two the work Bros that we are, are, you know, lovingly referring to are Mason Walker and Nathan Howard, two dear friends of both of ours. Mm-hmm. And you know, talking about we've had them on a couple times, and talking about sort of like you know not just sort of what is CBD, dispelling the sort of fact from fiction, you know, the various kinds of you know hemp-derived CBD uh grapeseed oil cbd versus cannabis derived cbd and all that stuff and you can speak to that better than than i can and i'll i'll talk to you in a second but like the thing to me about east fork is really that they to me are the single best uh example of how a company how just how a company should be from a value standpoint uh and a sort of you know um from a, from a business responsibility standpoint, and 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 I really think those guys are an exemplary, uh. And I say guys, it's a they're a very sort of you know m- multicultural and and uh, gender dynamic company. It's just that these are the guests that we had on the show, um. And and you know they really they really walk the walk, and they really come f- to this business from a a real place. First of all, certainly a sense of mission, um. And 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 then past that, why they got into it, how they've conducted themselves once they got once, they, you know, their, their entire duration has really been, I feel like an example for all for all cannabis companies.
1: Yeah. I mean, they've got it all like they're yeah. they're a star, baby. They've got it. They have the mission. Uh, it was founded by three brothers. One of those brothers um, who has since passed away yeah. from complications uh, due to a seizure seizure disorder? Yeah. I believe it was.
0: I believe it was sort of akin to ALS or okay. Parkinson's. Okay. one of those. I'm sorry, I forg- I I'm, I was never. Yeah. Okay. Um, that but sense. that's why so they they, when I say that. they
1: took the CBD. Only approach. Yeah, they started the company. Yeah, and then Bought the land. Yep, and then from an ethos perspective, they really treat their people like family. They love their team, and that you feel that in their product, yeah. in their, in their uh, social channels, etc. They also really. Do take a focus on science where they are championing breeding efforts to find minor cannabinoids and to actually create more diverse chemotypic profiles yeah. uh, with CBD dominant chemotypes, which typically only produce a certain certain types of terpenes. Uh, Myrcene, for example, is like the most common one in the most dominant concentration. They are advancing that to try to bring in other terpenes into the same kind of type three CBD dominant chemotype. Um, again, just to make the the product as medicinal as possible of course they are sustainable organically grown uh they've even now gone into hemp and they have a usda certified organic hemp farm that is truly craft hemp um they do a lot of education, yeah, commu- free commu- education, community
0: outreach. They they have a person whose full time job is to do community outreach and 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 really you know distill the benefits of CBD and why
1: exactly teach classes on CBD for free yeah. to bud tenders and the community at large. I mean they they really tick all the boxes yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, and plus, great hair,
0: great hair. I mean, guys. Uh, all right, so that was uh, that was episode twenty, but yeah, again, um, just really. Really exemplary, uh, group of folks. Let's just say, um, episode 26, talking extraction with Katie stem of peak extra. This
1: may be my ultimate episode. Wow. Cool. I think it's my favorite. Yeah. I, I love Katie. So I, uh, and I did
0: not know her before she came to be a guest.
1: So I knew her. She has a great dry sense of humor um, that really kind of gelled well with us. So it, for me, it was like entertaining, easy conversation. Also, she is so smart and was really able to break down uh, extraction in a way that was not like riddled with like this bro culture that the extraction concentrate world is typically Um uh, marred by in my opinion and she was able to pull in uh also her background as a chinese herbalist and talking about like formulations and and um bioavailability of terpenes and cannabinoids and how you can optimize that through the extraction process it was just so informative and
0: we'll 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 talk more about this when we get to the botanicals episode but yeah i mean like her her work as a an herbalist and and, and a functional medicine an acupuncturist and a functional medicine sort of uh i don't know Purveyor is the right word, but you know, practice practitioner, excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, you know, was was really keen to me as someone who you know um, uh, really sees cannabis at this point. I've gotten, I I have gotten away um, uh, in these last few years uh, 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 from the you know, sort of cannabis as intoxicating events and more towards how it works in terms of a functional medicine uh, or integrative health prevented, you know, yes. um, thing. Katie is a Crohn's uh, sufferer, mm-hmm. and and I've got. I know people who have Crohn's and I know people who have ulcerative colitis and and, and hearing her talk about that um, was really the, where the rubber hit the road there for me. Yeah. To, also, you know, let's just mention I think that conversation is so important.
1: Yeah. And and let's just mention that um, Peak Extracts is a team of three women yeah. founded by uh, like queer ladies who have not been bought. They haven't like taken in like large investment money. Right. Uh, they a Canadian company doesn't own them. Like they are true Oregon craft female founded like successful company that's also like really down to earth and does not play into the all like the hoopla of the cannabis industry who's who kind of politics um they just like love what they do and they do it really well and also they make my favorite edible of all time so
0: there you go yeah um, it's a great conversation and I really enjoyed that one of the you know one again one of the best things about doing the show has been the people I mean you know, I've known a lot of the guests we've had on but there's been several that I, I didn't or was introduced to through you mm-hmm. uh, such as Katie Stem and uh, it was great meeting her she's she's a cool, cool yeah. woman
1: oh very cool Um,
0: so all right so we're getting we have a couple more here and then we're gonna go to a break episode 31 um, so these last three, uh, are, I kind of tie for first as far as my mm. favorite cool episodes. And so, and I don't, you know, in no order, um, but episode 31, um, talking outdoor cultivation with Jesse Long of Green Source mm. Gardens was a very, very cool conversation, um, to, uh, for me to really, you know, I mean, I was a owner of a cannabis company. We grew indoor and out. Um, but really the, what, you know, w- green source gardens, the level of, um, what did they call it? Was it, um, I mean, I know it's regenerative farming, mm-hmm. but they had a word, they had a way to describe it that I, it was a term, a, term, a term of art that I, that was like specific to them that I don't remember what it is, but you know, just the, the extreme, I don't want to say extreme, cause that sort of paints it them, you know, but the incredible intentionality behind what they do how they do it, why they do it, um, was so interesting. At you know, for uh, not just philosophically, but like at a at a high level, as far as as far as farming. Goes, yes. You know, he was talking about like Hugo culture and rain capture systems. And and uh, I mean, God, I you know, I don't uh, carbon uh, sort of carbon Sequestering. Sequ- sequ- sequestration. Thank you. Um, you know, I mean, this was just a super fascinating, fascinating conversation and a really, truly deep dive on uh, outdoor cannabis cultivation. You yeah. Know?
1: I mean. They can talk the talk. Clearly, they are a wealth of information. Yeah. Jesse Long, who's not the owner of the company, but he works for the company, was in the studio with us for this episode. And just his uh, incredible detail regarding the ethos and the approach and then the commitment to it from just a like core value standpoint, phenomenal. And I have the opportunity of going out and staying at Green Source, which I've talked about on the show. And I mean, they not only talk the talk, but they walk the walk where it is an incredible amount of work to do it this way. But also right. for them, it's like the only way right. that makes sense to yeah. them is to do it this way to really help to uh, restore the land and not not take more than what you give to it. And uh, also their ability to balance the kind of economic collapse of the industry because they've taken this approach that really requires such little resources. It is, and they, they would hate to be called a closed loop system, um, because they are that kind of like, uh, Intentional in what they do and also critical and, and wanting to move forward and, and advance and get better. Um, but they are like the closest to a closed loop system that I have ever seen in regards to like everything that they put into it. They get back out. They, right. they really don't take any more than they need. Um, and the way that they've rehabilitated the land that they are on now is inspiring
0: yeah, I mean I I that's a great that's the word for it. They were very I found I found he and them very uh inspirational and, and, and another another sort of, you know, um exemplary uh sort of uh, company and and a way to show uh, I I think other people um, a way you can be how to be yep. at the, at the t- really at the top of their game, not just f- professionally, but like, you know, philosophically. Yep. Um, really highly recommend that episode. Um, we've got two more here. Again, these are all tied for first for me. Um, episode 33, Protanicals with mm. Dr. Sheena Vanderplug.
1: So close to my heart. Yeah. I love Sheena. I love Protanicals. So if peak Extracts chocolate is my favorite edible, Protanicals by far my favorite tincture.
0: Yeah. And, and what I, what I really, um, came away from that conversation, uh, enthused by inspired by, and it sort of plays into, you know, when we come back for season two, um, If when we come back for season two of this is cannabis is like taking the show much more in in this direction of talking about uh, integrative health cannabis science. You know, Sheena is like we said, she's a naturopathic doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a very uh, clear, you know, way of speaking about uh, the health benefits of cannabis, Um, you know, but in a very like. Um, you know, I would say like, let's say commercial sort of way or, you know, entertaining, maybe a little little strong, but accessible, accessible. Thank you. You know, like, and, and the conversation that we had sort of around sort of the bigger, again, to me, the, the, the thing for me is like the bigger issues, you know, Mm -hmm. like the bigger issue around, around functional health and Mm -hmm. uh, you know, integrative medicine and all of that stuff was, was so, you know um, that's, that's the thing that is close to my heart. You know, as much as anything now, the last episode, um, which was I think, uh, which is one of our best, was the last episode we did with Doctor Adi Ray mm-hmm. talking about the problem with potency. Yeah. And so let me let me start let me let me I want to tee this up here by saying you know, it, it really to me was very and this was completely accidental, but it was you know this this show really started um, in many ways as wanting to sort of combat. The issue of the market forces that were saying if your cannabis isn't you know this number of potency or above it's worthless and we don't want it and the market, you know the the consumer um, not having any sort of knowledge like counter knowledge of that and, and and how frustrating we found both of that me as a business owner I'll be honest but and then but also philosophically and you certainly as an educator um, saying no 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 you know. 15 percent cannabis with the x ex- this amount terpene profile is like actually a much more polydynamic experience and it's it's better than this other thing that's 32 percent with you know whatever um and so i really feel like we sort of in a in a very real way sort of like came full circle and had you know all great stories sort of have like the end in the beginning you know what i mean um, and, and doing this last episode with 80 Ray, which I think was so important. It, it was so informative. And it's not just that the market forces behind the, the potency issue are incorrect, but it's also coming out that it's possibly dangerous. There are health risks associated with this, this incredibly, incredibly potent cannabis, especially yeah. in edible form. And then especially like in things like dabbing, you know? And so, um, uh, that was just very interesting to me kind of from like a straight up, screenwriting perspective Mm -hmm. you know what I mean
1: yeah came full circle I mean the problem is potency and we can dissect that problem on many different levels Um, (laughs) um, that like the the problem is, is not only in the marketplace and how it's destroying genetic diversity and these beautiful craft varieties, uh, but it's also a big public health problem. There is a lot of health risks associated with high THC, long-term high THC exposure, um, and, and reframing that conversation that cannabis is not THC. It's not just THC. And that is a problem from black market that's that is a problem it's from a prohibition yeah. um that we're still shedding through the regulated market yeah and it's i mean
0: it's also interestingly enough like a uh it's a there's a sort of to me there's a victim of its own success sort of thing as far as like uh breeding technologies and and uh production technology breakthroughs mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um that um you know we people are able now to to uh to produce this like you know um 32 percent cannabis uh and then reduce it down and put it into a new thing and 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 you know i don't want to i don't i think there's a place for that i think but i don't think that should be like the thing the only thing the only thing that's all. right and and so that's it, it's interesting to me that um due to you know it's it's a uh it's a it's a function of the of the, the it's legal status now i feel like that we're able to study this in a real way you know um to figure out how to to tweak this and that and you know produce so we get to this these high numbers because that's the economic imperative but you know uh i'm very proud to have sort of i think them. this was an ish, this was a, a theme that we return to a lot right and i'm proud to have been a counterbalance to that because i think it's I think it's a, i think it's uh first of all it's you know it's really it's frustrating i think from a market perspective uh for for the production community i think it's um it's a real challenge as far as the consumer market goes because uh you know one when you're just allowed to you can only buy one thing you know Um, And I, you know, and again, this is like my stupid mantra, but like the cannabis industry, at least here, seems to have been set up by heavy users for heavy users and no one else. And that, you know, we've run, you know, there's only so many of those, right? And how do you bring new people into a market if they're having a bad experience with the thing that you're trying to get them to buy? Right. I mean, how
1: do you, how do you convince somebody after they've gone to a dispensary and had an experience with a bud tender where the person who's, who's responsible for, respectfully and responsibly guiding somebody to incorporate cannabis into their lifestyle says oh yeah take this 50 milligram thc chocolate bar and you'll be great and then they go and have an awful experience well they think that the problem is them not not the the high thc experience uh and that it's really hard to get people to come back from that and we can't afford to lose any more people yeah
0: i mean and i mean like you know i've people have been using cannabis like this, you know, A.D. Ray called it Frankenflower, but like, you know, people have been like the, this, this new kind of, uh, breed of cannabis is like, has, is only, you know, like she called it in the, in the interview, an experimental drug. I mean, this is brand new effectively, you know, mm-hmm. cannabis heretofore probably was more like eight to 15% potency. If, right. If that even, and that's the thing that I feel like, um, that's certainly, what I remember from, you know, my like heavy use, you know, high school and college days. And, and, and that's sort of the thing. I feel like so many people I talk to, you know, people in my social circles who are a little older, you know, maybe stopped using cannabis in their late twenties and thirties as they were, you know, doing their careers and having children and all that stuff. And they come back to it and they're like, dude I can't I don't like this it's right. too strong you right. know like I'm I lost my mind the one time I tried it and it's like if you can you know like so so where's the balance you know where's the where's the 8% 6% stuff for for those people right to have like a mellow experience and then let the people who want 32% cannabis you know but the the you know the the balance is is thwarted by this again this sort of like market imperative that it all has to be that potency equals strength equals uh what quality dollar equals signs m- equals money yeah right hmm. yeah so um so yeah so episode that was episode 34 the problem uh with potency with dr 80 ray um and uh all right and so that's that to me is sort of like our our best of yeah you know um and and uh Again, you know, like final thoughts, you know, like
1: I think we gotta take a break. I think we gotta take a break. We'll go to a a break
0: break and come back and do final thoughts. You're listening to this is cannabis on x-ray FM. All right, and we are back. If you were just joining us, you were listening to This Is Cannabis on X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. My name is Lee Henderson. With me in the studio is my co-host, Emma Chasen, and we are back for final final thoughts. This is our season one retrospective.
1: It's our swan song.
0: It's our swan song, and this is our, um, this is our epilogue for season one, I guess, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, and in lieu of a recommendation segment uh, this week, we uh we thought it would be uh fun to ask our each other how we define quality cannabis which can we talk about that for a second is sort of like early on was not the closing uh bit of our show but we sort of developed it over time and i feel like something else is interesting that we've done here is to um you know really sort of I mean we've had a lot of different answers to that question yes. from a lot of different types of people yes um, and, and I like that that's cool
1: I like that I mean I think that uh, the way that one person defines quality is not better or worse than the way that somebody else defines quality and so it's just like collecting that data set yeah. especially as a, a person who um, went and studied more like qualitative science right. so like observational looking at how people approach certain problems rather than quantitative measuring certain levels etc um it was so interesting to me to get that kind of data set from yeah. people who are coming from many different experiences and walks of life on how they define quality for themselves um i i think that that's awesome it's it's been a great question yeah
0: such a you know we've it's such a subjective you know, personal thing.
1: Exactly, exactly. I think that the problem lies um, in when somebody's like, I know what quality is and I'm going to do it to make it happen. I mean, a little Game of Thrones teaser. That's kind of what happened. Yeah,
0: I'll tell you what what makes a good world.
1: Exactly. And I know, and even if other people know, well, they don't get to choose it. It's like, oh, no, actually, uh, I want everybody to be involved and have access to what they think of as quality
0: yeah so Emma Jason
1: how do I define quality cannabis Lee Henderson yeah well I define quality cannabis first and foremost as a uh, cannabis that has been grown with heart mm-hmm. with touch with human interaction. Um, It can be something as simple as just like the person who is in the grow room, the person responsible for cultivating, the people responsible for cultivating this plant truly love it. They love what they're doing. They feel mission-driven towards it and they have a deep love and respect for the plant. Um, And then it can go as far as like somebody waking up at three in the morning to go and like sit and play like jazz music with their plants or sure. like play the flute or like yeah. sing them songs yeah. uh i think that cannabis i have a theory that cannabis is not only a bioaccumulator, as it soaks up all of the inputs that you put into it um it also is an energy accumulator and it will soak up whatever inputs it gets from that person's own sure. kind of like psychically exactly because yeah. everybody operates um Uh, everybody's made up of atoms that vibrate at a certain frequency. We all emit that. We know that that's science. And so the plant is responding to that, I think. And I know for certain that no matter how like precisely organically grown this, this flower is, if it was not grown with heart, if it wasn't grown with touch, with empathy, then I don't like it. I don't have a good experience from it. Um, There's also another part to my definition that I love things that are grown in living soil that have organic amendments um, that typically are grown outdoors with direct sunlight. I find that that produces a much more full expression of how the plant would be if it was in the middle of a forest growing somewhere without any human involvement or mm-hmm. interaction. Uh, I like flower that's been grown around other plants and animals and insects. I think it's just more well-developed.
0: Polyculture.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's thinking about like a human like if you placed a human in like a solitary room without any human touch or interaction, and you just had people like studying it and giving it exactly the nutrients that it needed to form the good human for growth, it would be a really disturbed person, right? Right. Right. Um, and I you
0: I, get the you get the robot ex machina
1: exactly. Yeah. exactly. And that's where uh, I I kind of feel that way about plants, especially medicinal plants that do have such psychotropic potential they can influence somebody's physiology uh as well as their kind of like thought space um and i i think that they it, it needs to be a combination of kind of like grown in a really enriching environment that is healthy for that organism uh and that includes uh empathy and kindness as well as like really high quality organic amendments
0: yeah nice yeah thanks um, do you have a question for me?
1: I do, Lee Henderson. How would you define quality cannabis? Well,
0: Emma Chason, let me tell you. Mm. Um, I mean, there's going to be a lot of overlap with what you just said. Uh, you know, to me, um, I don't have I don't have a particular uh, take on indoor versus outdoor. Um, I think that both can be good. I think what you said about people who are for the indoor cultivation, for indoor indoor cultivators, those who are. Who are still there are still people manning those, uh, you know, areas, those stations, if you will. Um, that's obviously very important because I completely agree with you on the bioaccumulation, um, you know, uh, point that it's that it's not just, you know, are you growing this plant in good soil, bad soil, you know, giving it good uh organic inputs or bad sort of you Mm -hmm. know sort of salt-based synthetics um but it's uh and it's not like is it a good person who's growing it versus a you know a more troubled person or whatever but it's more just like was you know was someone who 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 was trying to do a good job uh in charge of this of this these plants or was was it was it a was it a robot you know what i mean like what what was it right so i i do believe that there's a lot to that um I also, you know, I'm a low potency guy, you mm-hmm. know, like I I um I would love to see like a, a 6% uh cannabis uh uh varietal um uh on the market for for people like me who who really like want to smoke a whole joint rather than take one hit and be like I can't take a second one right. because then I'll be too high and right. I will not have a good time. Um, you know, uh I definitely think, you know, that uh, you know, as we've talked about many, many times, it's, it's so rote to me now, although I forget how important it is for people to understand, like, that a, a plant's terpene profile is so important to the, you know, by and large, to the experience that, you know, people, you will have with it. Um, I don't like terpenaline. Mm-hmm. I like, I'm a pinene. Me too. Beta caryophyllene yes. kind of person. Same. Um, not too much mercine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I found, and uh, you know, so when when which not something I do a lot of anymore, but when purchasing cannabis at retail, um, you know, those are the things that I look for, um, and then you know, going, you know, moving forward as 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 we sort of get farther away from uh you know personally knowing our farmers you know but knowing but you know you don't but but knowing the companies who who you know and it's tricky because it's like uh, you know uh, you know who are these people and and really to me it's sort of like besides you know why uh, why are you in the cannabis industry besides make everyone wants to make money I wanted to make a lot of money when I started Hi-Fi Farms Mm -hmm. you know what I mean um and I think that's completely, uh, you know, a reasonable goal. But is that your? That wasn't my only goal. Right. You know? Exactly. Um, my goal when starting that company was to to really to kind of like you know talk about sort of it's the cultural impact of cannabis and what you can you know hi- historically and talk about the counterculture, especially the countercultural impact of it, and then talk about what you can you know do with it, both in sort of a you know appreciating culture, music, art, film, that kind of thing. But then you know, and I've moved I've moved as I've become pretty much better friends with you and done this show uh, you know very very interested in the functional uh, health benefits Mm -hmm. of cannabis Um, you know so there's that aspect and and it's sort of like and then and then if say you are a company that's making a lot of money what are you doing with it you know what I mean like and I I tend to I mean I'm not I mean I drink uh, Coke zero every day so I mean what the hell but you know like as far as like you know I, I do know that there are better companies than others and those are the, you know, outside of like East Fork, whom, whom whom we've talked about, uh, and a few others, like you know, um, I won't name any names, but there are there are companies that I feel like are are in this for the right reasons. They're doing good things, uh, and and uh, that's sort of. You know, that's I mean, it's sort of like that's the world I want to live in, which even makes me kind of eye roll myself. Uh But, you know, like it's true. You have a, you know, especially here right now in Oregon, which I know we don't have just a a strictly Oregon, um, you know, listener base. But but, you know, as because the market is closed, you know, you really can't find out who these companies are, Um, you know, and you can certainly if nothing else, you can just ask the people who are selling you this, who you know, what what is this company? Do you know anything about them? Um, That's as important to me. You know, as the quality of the cannabis is, is not only how is it, you know, um, not only who's growing it, but what is the company doing, you know, as a as a whole. Um, and it doesn't have to be, or you know, cannabis industry focused, but it just sort of is like, who are they in the world? Are they which side are they Social on?
1: Social responsibility. Yeah, sure.
0: Um, yeah, and that does it for me in 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 quality cannabis. Cool. Um, yeah. So okay, well that does it for this season's. This is cannabis. Woo! Uh, we did it please remember to email questions and comments to this at x uh please also be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram our handle is at this is cannabis on x-ray this is cannabis is engineered by will Romy. thank you will thanks will and our theme music is the song impossible okay by portland artist motric please be sure to check them out on spotify emma chasen i just want to one more time say thank you so much for being you know my uh my compatriot my please. friend And the co host of this show.
1: Thanks, Lee. Couldn't have done it without you. I mean, I definitely couldn't have done it without you. Yeah. I tried a couple times and
0: it's not great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As we talked about. All right. So, yes. Thank you. Mm. You're a dear. Um, Wubba, wubba, wubba. Good night and good luck. And thanks so much for listening.